0: Hi, I'm Alistair, and I'm Andrew,
1: and I'm Hayley, and we're here to bring you Seen From Above Snapshots.
0: These are Quickfire episodes with a new series co-host.
2: So let's crack on and discuss today's topic. Oh, okay, should we all have cloud processing skills? Right, okay, I'll start with this. Two years ago, I would have definitely said yes. Now, I'm not so sure because I think the cloud-based thing is becoming more ubiquitous and easier to use. And I think that the barriers to entry are easier now. What what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you don't have to be frightened of it and it's easily accessible mm. for a web front end and, and, and stuff like that. And you don't have to be too overwhelmed by it. And there's so much that's being done by the providers. I think that, you know, we talk about spinning up virtual environments on your computer and uh, on a remote computer and seeing these containers, you know, like the DSs and stuff like that. But in some ways, it's not the cloud skills that are so important anymore. It's already there for you, I think at least. And it's sort of developing the knowledge and the sensibility of saying, oh, yeah, I need to do this to the data rather than, oh, my God, I've got to plug this bit in here and do that. And we don't need to get too stressed or I don't feel I need to get too stressed about lambda services and serverless and all this kind of stuff and and focus more on what i'm good at
1: i think i do agree with you i think it's it's now become almost a necessity that you need to be looking at some kind of cloud-based option the number of institutions that could hold entire copies of you know even single satellite archives now is is minimal yeah it's it's really really difficult to, to work with the data in in those in those ways unless you have huge amounts of money and infrastructure which itself is really difficult to maintain so why wouldn't you outsource it especially if you only need to use it flexibly up and down so i think it definitely cloud is here to stay and it's going to be the way our our data usage goes but that in between of the infrastructure and figuring out what you need to do with the data is where i think kind of the, the work is being done at the moment and is where we're going to see more and more work being done in the future, you know, of translating the, you know, I need to have this kind of data to answer this kind of question. And then translating that into I need this kind of cloud computing resource to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm working a little bit in that sphere at the moment, the work I'm doing on one of the DS platforms. Um, you know, we I often work with individuals who will say have an application and they'll say, you know, they'll have an application idea in mind for something they're working on for the ocean. It might be something like, uh, I need to map, you know, fishing zones in this area mm-hmm. and I need to do it, you know, over the last like 10 to 15 years, because I need to put some input into a policy-making decision and then translating that into how much data you need from where and what you need to do to be able to combine it in terms of like cloud specs is, Still difficult, I think, for a lot of people, you know, down in terms of downstream users, but it's getting easier and easier now that so much of the cloud processing architecture is taken care of by good people and good user support and things like that.
0: So I'm, I'm going to maybe take the opposite view of the two of you, because I still find that, okay, I might not need to know the ins and outs of a Lambda function, but I get asked more and more about whether or not I understand how data is maintained on cloud infrastructure and whether or not it can be processed on cloud infrastructure and which open source tools would be good for use in that environment and that type of thing. And it might just be a, a coincidence or a consequence of the type of work that I tend to do. But I do feel that there's very much a divergence from, as Andrew has said multiple times on the podcast, it, the having an, another portal in order to get some data and also then on the flip side, trying to do something useful with that, those data then that still, as far as I'm concerned, isn't really through a web front end. That's going to be more through some form of Linux, um, SSH, something like that, where you're processing on the cloud. And you need to understand a little bit about how the cloud setup has worked. So it might be that I'm not necessarily maintaining the cloud. There's a dedicated group of people who do that, and they will look after the data. But for me to get the information and the value out of those data that I need, I need to sort of understand what I'm doing. Otherwise potentially yeah. it's either going to be expensive or just a big mess for someone to sort out.
1: You, you need to be able to talk some of the language, I think, you know, to to really in, to engage properly with people who are offering cloud processing services like as a, you know, uh, maybe I consider myself some kind of intermediate user, you know, here. I mean, I come from a scientific background. I've worked with like quite large amounts of satellite data before, you know, I have fairly passable programming skills but I'm not a sysadmin, <laughs> so, but like, you know, yeah. I can talk, I can talk a little bit of that, probably enough to get across that, you know, I need maybe this volume of data, but it's really hard for me, and I think this is, goes for a lot of users to conceptualize, like, if somebody says, you know, what spec virtual machine do you need, or, you know, how much grid space do you need on that, mm-hmm. like, a high-performance system to, you know, back-process your archive, I'm, I'm like, I, I actually <laughs> don't know, like, that's really hard to, put numbers on for me even, what, and I've, I've done that before so
0: it's one of yeah. those things where it's like well i'll press the button and i'll tell you once we've gone through half yeah. of the process yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll try more. and
1: when it explodes and starts smoking yeah. then we'll know we need <laughs> to put it up a bit you know maybe try our code a slightly different way that's i think uh, kind of at the forefront of what we're doing you know we, we've not Ever, and I guess this is true throughout history. We've never had this amount of data before to work with, so we're constantly, you know, I think, budding up against what those limitations are and, and how we figure that out.
2: I think that's right. I mean, I, I don't think you should aspire to being a systems admin um or, or trying to develop those skills because they are skillful jobs in in, in their own right, and you absolutely you know, we need to we need to lean on these people to enable us to do the, the work that we do. You know, if we start diluting our focus, then then that, there's a danger in that.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't have time to learn SysAdmin, <laughs> no, for well, sure. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> but when we, when we talked to Marcus Netler, for example, he he kind of painted a picture, at least to me, that grass would look a bit in the future like a web front end to data that you would say, I'm going to do this. It's, it's just impractical now to, to, to be downloading these volumes of data. It's not that the cloud isn't important. I just think that we're almost talking about a very specific user case, but I kind of see it more... Whereas QGIS and uh, you know ArcGIS and all these other different softwares kick on, they're going to realise that we need to access and process the, the data off our computers, but within this GIS environment that we're familiar with. And how those two sort of pipes connect, I, I'm not entirely sure, earth engine <laughs> i know i always was <laughs> reluctant to, to say earth engine but earth engine so it's sort of got has got that kind of sorted because you do the programming at the front end which I, i'm comfortable with but i know not everyone is i love the analogy that it's like going in and choosing a sandwich you just sort of pick the bits you want and then bang go and give me the response rather than right what do i need what do i need to, to get the shopping list to make my sandwich i need to go and get you know X number of loaves of bread, I need to get, you know, butter and this kind of stuff. I'm gonna lose a little bit, but I'm gonna keep locally, rather than sort of saying, okay, I need this much, and then you're gonna push it all together and make me a sandwich. And that's what I want. That's ultimately what I want. Chris Holmes was was spot on with his presentation in 2018 saying, We're not there yet, but we need to put the we need to put the foundations in. And we've we've almost sort of rushed into this cloud architecture and said, Oh, we can just slap it all in, you know, Google's got the data. AWS has got the data. Has, has Azure got Landsat data? I, I guess it perhaps has somewhere. We're instead of replicating it massively on our local machines, we're replicating it massively in the cloud. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up
0: was that point that are we not running the danger, and maybe this is a different conversation, but we're running the danger of just creating masses and masses of choice amongst different clouds now and one of the things that we've talked about before is that actually users don't want choice they want the right thing they don't necessarily want to have to go and try and work out which level data they need or or analysis ready data or whatever
1: i do really worry about consistency in some of these cases like you say like if we creating copies of the data there's there's a there's a difficulty here that it's you know it's it's a bottleneck issue right getting all the data all the data ideally in one place would be great but actually how do you then get all the people to that data through like this one access point is very very difficult but at the same time i do really worry about things like consistency you know like a lot of satellite data gets reprocessed you know uh, recalibrated and all sorts of things and if people are creating copies everywhere you kind of worry are we going to lose track of like, how do you know that the archive somewhere is consistent and things like that? Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's a uh, managing that data is then very difficult. And users kind of look like further downstream, like unless you're like a super satellite expert, shouldn't have to worry about that kind of thing, I don't think. You know, yeah. they should just know that the time series they've got is the best that they can get.
2: I, I wonder if we've spent the last sort of five years or so giving the tools and the hookups, you know, the APIs to the non-geo people to say, look, you know, there's loads of data out there, you can hook it into your web applications. And they've been tasked with giving the world the the data that, that's been collected scientifically and and you know gone through huge amounts of you know research and funding and reviews and all this kind of stuff. And all we're getting back from them, the Joe Public, isn't yet another portal. Yeah.
0: Mm. Cool. should we leave that there and come back to it maybe in another snapshot if yeah. we want to?
1: To go
2: along, the life is growing walking past you. If I could ask you.